0: This hour of The Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon on St. Louis's Home for Conservative Talk. Welcome back to The Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in today, and of course, uh, joining us is uh, Sue Thomas, Sue, great to see you. Obviously as always. Great to see you, Brad. And uh Abby uh Abby Hobold is running the sh- running the ship here, flying the plane. Hello. Steering, making sure we don't hit any uh cliffs, right?
1: Hopefully, yeah. And uh
0: <laughs> and also joining us this afternoon is it's uh, my paralegal's daughter. <laughs> uh Abby Smith. It's a uh, it's job shadowing day, is that right? Yes. And for some reason you wanted to come here. Because, what, watching the practice of law is just too darn boring. Definitely. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, It's it's very boring. You know, it's not like on TV, because, first of all, uh, every TV lawyer has great hair. And as you can see, that doesn't necessarily translate into... Are you saying
2: you're not solving crimes in your office?
0: Exactly. And wrapping everything up in 40... Putting the
2: bad guy in jail. In
0: 44 (laughs) minutes or less. That's the way they always wrap it up. Uh, So, no. So, uh, we're here doing this, and thank you for... uh, Joining us this afternoon, Uh, I I wanted to get there's a couple of things I want to get to before we get back to Sue. But one of the things is we were talking earlier in the show, we were talking about woke policies uh, at the military. And uh, I found it interesting that apparently uh, and it's being reported that that uh, Elon Musk stumbled on a, a closet at the Twitter headquarters that was full of merchandise and some of the merchandise in here was apparently there were hundreds of T-shirts with slogans like "Stay woke" were in there, and "Twitter is woke," uh, "Hands up, don't shoot" uh, is another uh, one that was in there on these T-shirts, uh, and which I, which obviously has a direct correlation to to Ferguson, Missouri. But I found it interesting that he found those shirts. And I'm thinking those shirts are not going to be uh, sticking around the the Twitter headquarters for much longer. Nope, I think not. No, and and, and there was a story years ago. Do you remember? Sue, do you remember Century Twenty One? Sure. Yeah, it was a big nationwide uh, real estate company. Are they gone? They are gone. Mm. And uh, but they changed their name, and I don't remember how they changed their name. But I'm not sure they're still around. But I remember that when they were changing their logo and changing their colors because they had like a gold. Gold, yeah. very. Uh, I, I remember hearing someone who worked there, I knew someone that worked there, that said uh, that it was suggested that they give, because they had thousands of these gold jackets that said Century 21. And so they're thinking, what can we do with these? Someone suggested we should give them to the homeless people because homeless need need clothing. But the problem from a branding standpoint oh, is yeah. do you really want thousands of homeless people wearing jackets for your real estate sales company? Yeah,
2: that, I that ew. that
0: that was bad. So they shipped them to to Africa. Oh, okay. So they were still put to good use, but you not see, in this country. But not in this country. But yeah. you could see where that would be that would yeah, be bad. I can see. Yeah, I can I can see that would be bad. But I'll tell you what's good and what's good is Sue's News. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment?
2: We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no.
0: And now Sue's news, Sue's brought to you by Sue.
2: I have just received from Fred. Uh, you know, he was talking about it yesterday, uh, Abby. The view for Fred was that
0: over there, ladies and gentlemen. Was that
2: yesterday or the day before? It was yesterday. I think I think. It might
1: have been yesterday.
2: What will Fred's view be? Now, the reason they are in New York City, he and his wife, is because part of her, you know, bucket list was, I want to be at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in person. Mm. And his view in his room was supposed to be like partial or from the side. It's not bad. Yeah, you, so you congratulations to Fred Bottenheimer, who uh, has a decent hotel room view. Wouldn't what, you call it good? It's it's very good. And, In fact, I'm thinking that,
0: that that room had to have been booked a long time ago. Yes, because yes. if you've got any
2: kind of a view of the parade route, I mean, that's, that's prime real estate. I, I agree. And if you are watching the parade tomorrow, they are directly across from the CBS broadcast booth. Now, I told Fred to go get a green scarf. I don't think he will. But uh, that way we could have noticed him. You Mm -hmm. understand. Exactly. On this day in history, 133 years ago, that's in 1889, the jukebox made its debut. Now, this happened at the the Palais Royal Saloon in San Francisco. So I thought, wow, first of all, San Francisco, interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, we have some music that goes with this, Abby, because this would be the most popular jukebox song of all time see if we've been here. Elvis. Really? Of all of time? Of all time. The most popular. Yep. I don't know why that surprised me. I guess it makes sense from, you know, when it would have been the biggest thing to have mm-hmm. in its popularity would have been right around Elvis time. Yep. It does. It, now that yeah. you say it, I, I would have guessed something maybe older, but this, this yeah. does make he, sense. he would have hit the prime time. Exactly. Not too shabby. You go, Elvis. Mm. And 46 years ago today, I I did not know this. In 1976, Jerry Lee Lewis turned up in front of Graceland Waving a 38 Derringer and hollering for Elvis to come out so he could show him, quote, who the real king of rock and roll was. I'm thinking there what? was alcohol.
0: There, there was, must have been some alcohol
2: involved in that. Right? Uh, poor uh, Memphis police, by the way, uh, let Jerry Lee know who the real king was. and they <laughs> Arrested it? him and uh, charged him with public intoxication and what? weapon possession. I'm shocked.
0: I'm shocked there was drinking going on in that establishment.
2: I can't believe he would actually show up
0: outside of, El- of Graceland and start... But you know how that... You, you, you can imagine how that unfolded, that he was in a bar somewhere drinking and someone came up and said, you know, you're really good, Jerry Lee Lewis, but Elvis is still the king. You are so right. And he said, well, I'll show him with a few expletives thrown in. I'm going to he- take this gun? <laughs> what he was the had plan? probably
2: box of his car, though. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Uh, by the way, I saw this story today. I found this interesting. Ford has just debuted a new type of steering wheel that transforms into a table for your laptop. Now, the whole steering wheel can Mm. kind of, it kind of tilts forward when you're parked. And there's a tray that fits on top, so it kind of doubles as a laptop stand. And you could eat on it, you know, whatever you want to do. And they're only offering it in Europe for now, but there are two different types uh, of vans that they're going to put these in. And there's a reason, there's no reason that they couldn't have it here yet. I guess just stay tuned. We'll see what they're going to do. But I guess the idea is, well, if you're driving a van, maybe the kids are at, a, you know, in, at some event. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a school event. You could just sit in the van, do your little laptop stuff sure. or eat some lunch. It's not a bad idea. It's, it's just odd. It is odd. But here's the question I have. Would there, wouldn't
0: there have to be some sort of a disabling mechanism to make sure... I am you, sure That you don't flatten out that steering wheel And you're playing playing Mario Karts on the computer While you're trying to drive the truck
2: Well, you know how steering wheels right now Will come out, go in And they'll sure. do a little bit of up and down I think what they did is just add a little more angle. Right, but you, so can, you can lock it in. Right, but I've adjusted,
0: I, and I'm sorry to admit this, but I've adjusted steering while wheels. While driving? While driving. Oh, that's not
2: supposed to be. I know you're not supposed to, but it, it, you can. It, you can do but it. But you have to be conscious about it. You have to unlatch it sure. and do it. Right. So I guess their thought is uh, that you're not hopefully going to be driving down the street and <laughs> pulling you know, out the tray. But you know, it. if
0: it's possible, some moron <laughs> yes. will do it. Well, you're that right about very that. And, true. and then when they wrap the pickup truck around a television, They're going to sue Ford for allowing it to happen.
2: Which is why I think they're starting in Europe. (laughs) I'm not even sure how that's relevant. Not that they're dumber. But uh, I think Mm. that, uh, and Ford has to be aware of this, right? They know what litigation, I mean, come on. Maker of the Ford Pinto, they know uh, all about litigation. And that's why it's not on a sports car, it's on a van. (laughs) But we'll see how that goes. I just think that's an interesting idea. Very interesting. Um, Yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. All right, when I was thinking of of, uh, Mark and Fred traveling today, this story, and uh, producer Emeritus, Dave Klein sent me this story. Mm -hmm. The TSA found a cat in a guy's checked luggage just yesterday. A cat at JFK. I know, Abby, this is gonna affect you, but don't worry, don't worry, let me tell you what happened. An agent saw a little bit of fur poking out where the two zippers meet right on your suitcase. Mm -hmm. So they open it. They find an orange cat just kind of staring at them. The cat is fine. The cat is fine. Good, good. The bag had already been checked and gone through an X-ray machine. But uh, they saw it. But nobody thought, well, this is a live cat. (laughs) They thought, oh, well, you know, it's just like the shape of a cat. Maybe it's a toy. I I don't know. Or maybe maybe somebody at the X-ray machine was not paying attention. Turns out it's not the guy's cat. He's like, well, it's not mine. He was staying with a woman in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and she said, and uh, and and the, the officials were like, "Oh no, we have to call. Maybe this guy's stealing the cat. Is it an issue?" They call her, and she said, "Oh my gosh, no, my cat just likes to get into luggage." Wow. So this guy had no idea. None. Because he's a guy, he's not paying any attention. He just zips the thing hey, up I, and I goes. I resemble
0: that remark. And
2: he walked out and took it all the way to the airport. That cat almost went into. So they just called her. She came to get the kitty. They gave it to her, and everything is fine, Abby. But the cat is good. fine. I but would never good. bring you a bad oh, yeah, cat sure. story. Thank but, you. Sue, had
0: they not caught the cat, the luggage hole is is not pressurized. I know. In an aircraft, and it would have been like zero degrees. Yes, it
2: would have been horrible.
0: It would have been horrible. So, so oh, the I'm fact so glad that, that they got it. That, that That TSA agent needs to get and, some sort of recognition.
2: Listen, the TSA was so. I don't know, kind of happy that they found it and everything worked out okay, that they actually posted it somewhere on social media. You can see the actual x-ray with the little kitty in there. And they have a picture of it because the cat was fine. The cat was fine. And they even went back later. The cat, by the way, the name of the cat was Smells. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't even, she didn't know Smells was missing. She goes to pick him up and uh, she was worried. You know, everybody was worried. Is this cat, is Smells going to be traumatized by this situation? Nope. Smells could care less. Smells is a cat. He's like, What's up? Back to normal. Well, they're
0: going to change that cat's name to TSA.
2: I mean, it's incredible. And had they not seen the little bit of fur.
0: That was it. Wow.
2: Nobody Sherlock Holmesian the catch there. Excellent. Ah, incredible. Now, I'd have done, since it is Thanksgiving tomorrow, uh you know, I've got all kinds of things about what the world's favorite pie is, that whole deal. Uh, The world's favorite pie on Thanksgiving. I shouldn't say the world. It's just the U.S. But a new poll asked a thousand Americans. What do you think it is? Mm -hmm. It's the obvious pumpkin pie is number one. Good. Number two, what would it be, Abby? Pecan pie. That is correct. Yes. Thank you. Number three, what do you say, Brad? Uh, Apple. That is it, people. (laughs) Pumpkin pie. Pecan and apple. I'm not even go. Uh, here's what comes after that. Sweet potato, chocolate, cherry, ugh, ugh. and blueberry. Oh, I love blueberry Blueberry Blueberry's
0: good. Oh, that's very good.
2: Uh, it may not be a favorite, but more than 60% of people like or love blueberry pie. In eighth place, I mean, there's a whole list. In eighth place, there's a seven-way tie between... <laughs> Key lime, banana cream, coconut cream, Boston cream, peanut butter, strawberry, and lemon meringue. Mm. Oh my goodness. Pie in general, apparently, yeah, is what apparently. we want. Peanut butter pie. I've never never had oh, peanut Oh it's pie. good. Is well it? you got if you like peanut butter. Oh, well, I like If butter, not, sure. it's a nightmare. <laughs> and uh finally, do you want me to, one more, Abby? What do you want me to do? Yeah, yes. One more spot. All right. This has some music. This will not surprise you. We talked the other day, uh, pre-sale tickets for Garth Brooks' year-long Vegas residency, easy for me to say, went on sale Monday. They sold out that day. Wow. He is already sold out for his entire appearance, which is a year-long residency in Vegas. Well, Ticketmaster wasn't in charge of this, was he? Boy, no kidding. Sold out in one day. Um, uh, Garth was actually on Monday's Inside Studio G, and he said, quote, What an unbelievable day this was for us. Every show in uh, 2023 is pretty much done. Whole year, one day. And his wife said, Why didn't you do this last year? (laughs) She's Trisha Yearwood. She's got her own Mondays. And she will appear in that, by the way. Of course she will be singing. And that's uh, Well, I'm going to do one more for you. Here is today's random fact. Whatever happened to the Mayflower? Hmm. The fate of it is unknown. But some historians believe that it was scrapped for its timber, then used to build a barn in Jordan's, England. No idea. I had no Zero idea. Zero idea that that happened. Wow. And that's it for Susan Diggs. I would have thought it was uh, would have been uh, burned for heat. Right? I thought so, too. <laughs> But apparently not. Not, But ne- nobody really knows. Nobody That's just really the knows. theory. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent story. Hey, coming up after the break, we're going to talk to the mayor of St. Charles, Dan Borgmeier, about the upcoming mayoral primary election in St. Charles. There's a lot of things that are interesting about this race, and we'll get it uh, straight from, I was going to say the horse's mouth, but from the mayor's mouth, Dan Borgmeier, coming up next on the St. Louis Home for Conservative Talk, ninety-seven one FM Talk. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back to the Bark Reardon Show. Hey Brad Young sitting in today. And one of the things I always love when Donald Trump would talk about China, because I, I like the way he said it. But one of the things that that he made a point to take the position was that China was not our friend, that China was, in fact, what's called a near peer uh, and not necessarily an adversary, but there certainly is an adversarial relationship. And one of the problems that we've had since COVID has been supply chain issues. And and a lot of folks, I I happen to be an economics wonk, but a lot of people before COVID didn't know what supply chain even meant. And now, of course, we live with it on a daily basis. Uh, We live with it with regard to uh, products that we need. You can't get what you need. Uh, Stuff's not available. Try to buy a used car, I mean, a new car or even a used car a year and a half ago. And it was impossible because you couldn't get computer chips because of supply chain issues. Well, now there's been a protest that's broken out in China at, at an iPhone factory. And it's 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 breaking out because of the the draconian slave like work conditions that's currently going on in China at the Foxconn plant. And it's it's horrific. I mean, these individuals are, are are working in conditions that would never be allowed in the modern United States. It just wouldn't be allowed. And in fact, on a lot of the buildings, this is not a myth on a lot of the buildings in China on the factories. They have to put wire and netting around the top of the buildings in order to stop people from jumping to their death and committing suicide because of the working conditions. And so because of the COVID restrictions, because of the working conditions, uh, news is reporting today that there is a large protest breaking out Uh, In China at the Foxconn plant that makes the iPhone. I have an iPhone. I've got one right here. Chances are you do too. Lots of people have iPhones. I love them. But I don't want them made in communist China. And that's why one of the disruptors that has come from China and disruptors is really an event that completely changes an environment. So for example, the iPhone itself was a disruptor. Before the iPhone came around, we had awful cell phones or bag phones, or even the Razor flip phones that really were nothing uh, until the iPhone came out, completely changed the industry. That was a disruptor. But now we have another disruptor, and that is the move away from China. We're seeing that now. And if you look at Foxconn, Foxconn is already looking at building plants in the United States, particularly in Michigan, in Ohio. We're also seeing Foxconn and many other companies looking to relocate their, uh, their manufacturing plants, uh, whether it's in Vietnam or in Malaysia uh, or even back to Japan or even to the United States because of the availability of energy here. Those are all the result of supply chain crisis issues that occurred during COVID. And we're still having those supply chain issues out of, out of China by virtue of this protest now that's going to be disrupting the manufacturing of iPhones in China. But when you speak about uh, supply chain issues, there may be a strike of the railroad workers here in the United States uh, the first week of December. And folks, if you thought the COVID supply chain issues were bad, if if the railroad workers go on strike, They can't be replaced by truck drivers for two reasons. Number one, uh, the trains carry things across the country, and you can't do that. One guy, one gal can't drive something from coast to coast. Secondly, there aren't enough truck drivers. There's already a shortage of over 50,000 truck drivers in this country. I represent a lot of trucking companies, so I know how desperate they are for drivers. And if if trucking companies can't handle the shipping of products today— then how are they supposed to handle the shipping of products uh, when that uh, is exponentially greater if the railway workers are on strike?
2: Here's the thing about that. Uh, I... That railroad, they can ask for about anything, can they not? I mean, they kind of have the rest of us over a barrel exactly on this Exactly over a barrel. And uh, I just don't like that aspect of it. Do you know what they're asking for, and, and do you think that it's reasonable, or are we just talking in general terms? I mean, I, I do know what you're saying.
0: Well, one the, what I've read, Sue, uh, is was one of the largest uh, conditions or issues is obviously health care mm-hmm. and retirement benefits, in addition to wage an hour because of, of inflation, so all of those three are on the table. Now there are multiple unions in the United States, uh, railroad workers unions. Oh, okay. One of those got resolved about six months ago, but this is pretty much the rest of those because
2: you heard that. that right? Yeah, that's what I couldn't figure out. Right. so that's only one of the multiple unions. Correct. Ah, okay. And so
0: President Biden came out and made a big deal about saying we resolved that particular issue, but it didn't. It didn't resolve all the issues. Nationwide with the other unions, oh, so God. so this is going to be coming up in about two weeks, and uh, and my understanding is is that there are at least twelve rail unions uh, that that will be part of this. So there's going to be more issues here, and think about all the products. What what products did we did did you have to do without, Sue, during COVID?
2: Well, let's see. I know, of course, there was the toilet paper shortage, oh, but yeah. I really like. Uh, There's a cleaner that smells like um, grapefruit. (laughs) Really? And I really like it, and I couldn't find that. I couldn't find little ridiculous stuff that's just annoying that you really like. You know what I mean? Sure. So I had that, and there was one other thing that I could not get until it ended, but I can't think of what that is now. Well, I just remember,
0: remember I went into Sam's one day during COVID, and I literally saw people fighting over a package of toilet paper. Yep. And, uh, it, it, I mean, they weren't, like, physically fighting, but they were arguing yeah. over who gets the last one because it was the last pallet. It was the last product on the last pallet at Sam's,
2: and, uh, uh, and they were just arguing. She, I have a friend of mine who still has that stashed. She has now uh, stashed stuff in the basement. Uh, that's how people have become. It kind of gives you a little glimpse on what it must have been like during the Depression. I mean, she has toilet paper completely stashed in the basement and any other Mm -hmm. things she couldn't find.
0: Yeah, it's one of the things of COVID. It's
2: turned us all into preppers. It has. Well, oh, Jell-O, that's it. Jell-O. I really like pistachio pudding, (laughs) the instant kind. And that stuff was gone. Am I right? I mean, it was just gone. Well, and the other product, I, I
0: remember my wife sent me to the store one day and said, okay, I want you to find peanut butter, toilet paper, and uh, 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 oh, and um, uh, Clorox wipes. I want you to find those three things. Pfft, none. I nope. mean, nothing. Nothing. Uh, it, but peanut butter was funny because I went to the peanut butter aisle, and I took a picture of it, and I texted it to my wife because I knew— She would say, hey. You yeah. know, listen, if you send—anytime a man goes to the grocery store— if it, if it doesn't fall off the shelf into the cart, the man says, nope, couldn't find it. That yeah, is, okay? yes. I, I, I freely admit that. Uh, and so I knew when I got home, she would say, Brad, come on, you didn't look. It was probably there. You looked for 2.4 seconds. You didn't see it, and you gave up. Yep. So I took a picture, and I said, here it is. You can look at the photograph. If you, I defy you to find a peanut butter on here because it wasn't anywhere. So I had, to, I had to literally create evidence to support my case. So I didn't have to sleep on the couch. I understand. I know. But now we're looking at facing this all over again, um, all over again, because of this potential for a railroad strike coming up. And and what's interesting also about this is my my law firm is uh, employment law. That's all we do on the management side. So we represent a lot of different companies. Personally, I represent multiple trucking companies. So I hear about their issues all the time. But We went through uh, something very interesting, a transformation in this country, starting about uh, around the late 90s, where unions became less and less impactful in this country. Uh, They were diminishing. Unions were getting smaller. They were going out of business. They weren't operating. But starting about COVID and since COVID, we're seeing a reverse of that. More companies are now starting to unionize. Amazon has to fight back unionization efforts. CVS has been fighting back against unionization efforts. So unions are becoming more emboldened, really because of the lack of employees. We have millions of open jobs in this country that go unfilled every single month. And so if you develop a a labor union and go on strike, you could literally cripple a country, cripple rather a company. And so that makes the employees... More have more leverage, sure, and in a better bargaining position. Yeah. So that's why I think that there's going to be a high likelihood of this strike, unless really, literally everyone caves be, be, because. This country cannot do without trains.
2: And, and what happens in that situation? OK, the, the union, the railroad union can't come to an agreement with their main company. What, what what does the government do? Do they just say, does it just say you have to figure it out or do we throw in government money? What? How does that get resolved? There's a great case
0: from the 1950s that went to the Supreme Court because the steel industry went on strike in this country right during the height of the Korean War. Mm. And so President Truman at the time took the position that said we cannot uh, we cannot go without steel making in this country. So he nationalized the steel companies. Oh, And he put in, he said, this is now an arm of the federal government and we're going to put federal employees in here to make the steel because we can't do without this steel. It's a national security issue. Interesting. And that was ultimately deemed to be an improper use of presidential authority well, and presidential yeah. power. So at this point, the federal government has limited authority into what it can do. That's why I thought it was funny when when President Biden tried to brag and well, yeah. and, and take credit for solving that particular union negotiation, because I thought, dude, you don't have much to do with it. You know, uh, you, you pardoned two turkeys yesterday and I know now you're going to have to take a nap. Well, but but in this instance, I don't think the federal government has much of an involvement in this issue.
2: So what do we do then if they go on strike? What is that? Well, uh, we uh, just
0: at that point, depending on whether or not they can hire uh, replacement workers. Uh, that would be an issue. I
2: don't think you can hire you enough can. replacement workers yeah. because there aren't workers available. That's what I. Where have, where are these people? These workers. I don't understand where they've gone. But okay.
0: You know, I don't. I really understand that either. I mean, all of a sudden we've got millions and millions of open jobs,
2: and we don't have fewer people. Mm-mm. So, so who were doing these jobs before? I don't get it. We talk about this. We'll probably talk about it at the Thanksgiving table tomorrow. Nobody gets it.
0: No, I I don't get it either. I really don't. Other than there's been uh, this steady rise in government benefits that have been paid out y- over year over year over year over year, and and maybe it's gotten to the point where enough people have said, you know what, I can get by on government benefits alone. I don't have to go out and work at Target. That could be it. Well, uh, there was a Pasquetti's. There was a Paschetti's restaurant right by my house down on Manchester, and. Uh, and they, went, they closed that facility, even though they had lots of business, couldn't find any workers. Oh, that's so frustrating. They closed only because of that.
2: Well, I, I guess then in the railroad strike, if they go ahead and strike, how is Biden going to claim? Uh, it, did he step in last time and do what? Just say, work it out, people? He said, I mean- it out. he said,
0: go have a beer, guys, and work this out. And then when they worked it out, he took credit for it. But isn't that a lot like the rooster taking credit for the dawn?
2: Well, uh, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, if it happens again, then we just get I, – I just uh, – hmm. mm. I mean, they really do have the company over a barrel for it. Yeah, they do have them over the barrel, and uh, uh, sheesh, I hope it
0: gets worked out because uh, we don't need this right now because that would only add to the inflationary pressure that's already at uh, a 40-year high. And that's if what ne- I mean. Right, it- and if now we can't get more and more products – that's going to simply drive the price of existing products even higher under the laws of supply and demand. So well, we'll, of course, be following this very closely. Hey, we're coming up on a break. If I don't go to a break, Abby's going to throw her shoe at me. So I've got, to, I've got to go to a break here. When we come back, we've got more to discuss here on The Mark Reardon Show. Stick around on St. Louis's Home for Conservative Talk, 97.1 FM Talk. One of the things that I've been following for a long time now has been this student loan forgiveness debacle from the Biden administration. And it really can't even be called student loan forgiveness because it's not like those the, those loans disappear. It's $400 billion, and it doesn't just disappear. It goes into the uh, national debt of the United States. Yeah. So it's, it's a transfer of debt, not a forgiveness of debt. Correct. Now, if, if someone came up to you, Sue, and said, I'll just wipe out all of your debt, I mean, that'd be a good thing right i mean you you would like that what's the catch i would say what's the catch exactly if it's too good to be true it's too good to be true yep so here's what uh president biden said i I believe he just said this uh today on the status of the student loan debt
1: forgiveness Folks, i want to give you an update on my student debt relief plan as americans continue to recover from the pandemic My administration has been working to provide student debt relief to millions of working and middle-class families across the country. But Republican special interests and elected officials sued to deny this relief, even for their own constituents. But I'm completely confident my plan is legal. But right now, it's on hold because of these lawsuits. We're not going to back down, though, in our fight to give families breathing room. That's why the Department of Justice is asking the Supreme Court of the United States to rule on the case.
0: Well, he's asking the Supreme Court of the United States to rule on the case, but they're not going to rule in his favor. Uh, and, and, and what's interesting here is the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is located right here in St. Louis, it's the Eighth Circuit that has blocked this transfer of debt issue. And uh, and so I think that really puts puts St. Louis on the map, because right now we're the forefront of this effort because of the... Lawsuit filed by Eric Schmidt. What is our standing? <laughs> yeah, You love to ask that question, I do. you? I do. it is? it? Okay. Very briefly, standing is a legal concept that says you have to be harmed by something before you can file suit about something. You have to suffer personal harm. Right. So the classic example from law school is that people filed uh, lawsuits against the federal government to say... We, uh, I shouldn't have to fund it with my tax dollars. Yeah. And the courts ruled that's not enough of a damage just because you pay taxes. Right. So how do we get through? That's right. So in this instance, that's again why Missouri is on the forefront, because Missouri has something called MOHILA. That's the Missouri Higher Education Loan Program, Loan Assistance Program. And MOHILA makes money which is transferred to the state of Missouri Revenue fund, general revenue fund, based upon the processing of student loans. Uh But if now all of those student loans are wiped off, Mojila makes less money, the state of Missouri gets less revenue, and bingo, you meet the standing requirements. Love it. But even if you get past the standing, which I think is an easy issue, the question is, this is going to go to a Supreme Court that has decided many issues on this idea of called the major questions doctrine. What that means is administrative agencies all the time take steps uh, that they think further what Congress has empowered them to do. But if an agency goes too far without that authority, then the question becomes, if Congress didn't authorize it, now the agency is acting as both lawmaker and the entity that actually carries out that so-called law. Yeah, you
2: can't be doing that.
0: Can't be doing that. That's constitutional law 101. And so in this instance, as, the, as there's a trial judge in Texas who also put a hold on the student loan forgiveness program, that judge pointed out in his ruling that there's nothing under the HEROES Act. This is the law that was enacted right after 9-11 that the Biden administration is relying on. There's nothing in there that talks about student loan forgiveness. Nothing. So at that point, the question then becomes, legally, the question becomes, is this a major question, which makes it fall into the major questions doctrine. I think $400 billion is, I a, it, is yes. that's a major question. <laughs> if, if it's not, I don't know what it would be. No kidding. That's 400 billion reasons to make it a major question. So at that point, then, under the analysis that has been upheld by this current Supreme Court, unless Congress is very clearly delegating that authority to the administrative agency— then the act of that administrative agency is invalid. Oh, uh, we that. saw that. We saw that with the uh, the the um, rent moratorium case, where the federal government came in and said, "If you've got renters on your property, you cannot evict them, even if they're not paying your rent." And the question went up to the Supreme Court, and in a, like a six to three decision, maybe it was seven to two. Even in that case, the court ruled. Well, how did Congress ever give the the White House or the executive branch, the authority to tell private property owners that you can't evict people from your property because they're exactly. not paying your rent. Mm-hmm. So that, boom, that got kicked out. Also the question of the vaccine mandate when the Biden administration said, well, if you're a company with a hundred employees or more, you must require that employees get the vaccine. That went up to the Supreme court. The Supreme court ruled again by the same amount, the six to three, that uh, where did Congress delegate to OSHA the power to require you to be physically injected with a vaccine against your will? Where is that authority from Congress? Nowhere. 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 So that got struck down. Uh, And so I think you're going to see this exact same concept applied in this instance because the HEROES Act doesn't even mention loan forgiveness. Secondly... In this particular case, the whole HEROES Act is predicated on a declaration of a national emergency. Now, of course, the pandemic would be a national emergency. But, Sue, you know, uh, President Biden just a few weeks ago was on 60 Minutes, Mm -hmm. and he famously said the pandemic is over. Mm -hmm. We're we're now moved to an endemic, which means it's treated like the flu or RSV or anything else, but it's no longer a pandemic. So, if a national emergency is over by the words of the commander in chief and the head of the executive branch, then how can you exercise authority? Right. Authority that requires that there be a national emergency in place.
2: Our question: Are Texas and Missouri the only ones who have the states withstanding enough to say, "You got to call it off"? Are we the only two states about the loan forgiveness that have done anything so far? Okay. So far,
0: and in Indiana, interesting. Indiana—I'm not going to go into the details on this because it's not very interesting—but Indiana was, was favored before uh, this action was taken, was favored to be a plaintiff. But at the last minute, the drafters of the order in the White House changed the order for the sole and specific reason to exclude Indiana from this— so they could try to eliminate a potential plaintiff who might have standing to challenge this.
2: unbelievable.
0: So it was done specifically for that reason. So in this instance now, they didn't carve out an exception for Missouri. And I find that really interesting that one of the things that is the the complaints against Eric Schmidt that we've heard uh, really since he's been attorney general is that he files all of these lawsuits. But the definition of tyranny is the exercise of government authority that is not predicated upon the, uh, the advice uh, or rather the approval of the public. And so here you have uh, a president who made this authority or made this act without getting congressional authority, without there being passed any laws. That is really, truly the definition of tyranny. And so by Eric Schmidt challenging this, uh, it, it's now going to be on its way to the Supreme Court. Yeah, this is very interesting. And I hope he wins. I hope he wins, too. But the third issue with all of this is who's going to be heading up the litigation. Now, we know that Governor Parson's just appointed a new attorney general today because Eric Schmidt is packing his bags for Washington. So I'm assuming I'm assuming the new Missouri attorney general will want to carry on with this litigation. I'm looking forward to talking to him about it. But until then, uh, it's it's ludicrous for the president to say that his plan is legal because it's not, and the Supreme Court will validate that it's not in the not too distant future. Hey, there's another thing in the not too distant future, and that is we've got to take a break. Uh, coming up though, uh, after the break, we've got another hour of the Mark Reardon Show. Brad Young sitting in, so don't go away. 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971Talk.com.